When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Well, welcome to what I would consider to be a new creation in 2018 into 19 and hopefully beyond. But Jessica Cootie... I'd like to think with the Sooner Sports Podcast, this is something that you and I have been doing kind of since day one, right? Providing a wingman to your features that you have out. Yeah, we talk about it a lot, but uh, I every week do at least one feature, maybe two, and I do these interviews, and for TV purposes, we have a certain time frame that I have to get, tell these stories in, so there's so many like fantastic stories that never make it, never see the light of day as far as airing. So we've we've tried to do it. Um, you know, if there's something really great, we've we've been able to do that a, a few times. But I'm excited to be able to provide a, a consistent kind of storytelling podcast and for I, our I, listeners. Yeah, and I and I think that's what's great about it because it, I think you and I going back to uh, three, four years ago now, whenever I moved down here, there was always this idea of how much great stuff never makes it to TV. Mm-hmm. How much great stuff never makes it to dot .TV. That's not a knock. It's just saying with the student athletes that we interview and the coaches, there's so much that just ends up in, I don't know, audio never, heaven. Never land. <laughs> audio <laughs> heaven. And, and so this has been something we've been wanting to do, so I guess maybe I should just shut up and get to it. So uh, I guess the best way to describe this is like a 30 for 30 plus. You have Jess's features, and then we'll kind of tell you more to the story, maybe some of the funny behind the scenes, and more importantly, some things that we didn't get an opportunity to dive into. So, Jess, we start 2018 with a feature on a guy that I think is becoming not only a favorite of the Sooner Nation, but I know a favorite of yours and mine, and that's Rodney Anderson. Yeah, what a! Um, I feel like it, you couldn't have picked a better person to kind of kick things off in 2018, everything that he's been through. But then, you know, he's the guy, and he was the guy at the end of the season last year. You look how he came on. Um, you 
you know, when I talked to interviewed Kyler Murray the other day when he was announced as a starting running running uh, quarterback, mm-hmm. he specifically mentioned Rodney Anderson as having a running back like that that you can you know that you can count on to make some plays for you. So, um, you know, I think it's very fitting for everything that he's been through. And and you look at kind of this this whole story; it's a full circle type of deal. That now, three years later, he's. Um, at the top of the depth chart. So I thought it was a, a really cool kind of feature to start off with. And, you know, you look at from the beginning when he, you know, signed on to become a Sooner, you have to think he signed on and, and was rolling enrolled in January the, after the fall that Samaj P. Ryan had that huge year. So he sets the record for single season rushing yards against Kansas. And then not only that, you have Joe Mixon coming back. So you have, you know, what Joe Mixon was the number one dual threat running back in the country coming out of high school. Then you have Samaje who just did what he did. And Rodney was like, I- I'm not afraid of competition. You know, he, he thought he could come in. And then not only that, he, that was the, sp- that was the spring that Lincoln Riley came in. So he kind of felt like, yeah, he was ready to compete, but also maybe they were all a little bit on the same pl- playing field. I remember when Rodney came in, a lot of people felt as if even with Joe here, that Rodney Anderson was the quarterback that was going to best fit Lincoln Riley's offense. And that was the buzz amongst, I don't know if the term would be recruiting gurus, but many that followed the high school ranks that, all right, listen, Joe Mixon's a special dual threat running back. But, man, Rodney Anderson, now here's a guy. And it took some time, and we'll get into that adversity, but just even from day one, a lot of people identified Rodney as being the, uh, being the guy. Now, with that said, it wasn't immediate for him, was it? No. Um, he. So going back to that a little bit, why that was is, you know, I think because uh, as much when Lincoln was coming in, as much as he liked to throw the ball, you know, you, you look for a running back that's really has really good hands and you can, you know, use in the passing game. And Rodney was that from really the beginning of his football career. And um, actually going back to his freshman year, Freshman didn't play really very often on the varsity team at Katy, where he's from. So they told him, like, hey, you can make the varsity team if you play wide receiver. So he, he starts off his career as a wide receiver uh, at Katy and then ends up, you know, their starting running back gets hurt. He ends up playing as a true freshman um, as running back there. And that's kind of when people started noticing him a little bit. So that's when he kind of really started getting recruiting, was going into that sophomore year, and he really felt like he was kind of getting some momentum there. So he comes in here, and there's that running back room at the time was pretty loaded. But even still, he came in, he worked his tail off, he did everything the coaches asked, and so they um, – he gets on the field playing special teams, and he's loving that, right? He's uh, anything that he can do. He didn't. He just wanted to be on the field in any way that he can, and I think that speaks volumes. That's how Rodney's been from day one. That's how he is today. It never changed. Like he just wants to help out the team, however that may be. So he gets that opportunity on special teams. Team guy digs it, gets hurt, and you and I were there. And I'll never forget that that was a lengthy process just to get him off the field. And unfortunately, Jess, I think at that moment, we knew it was pretty bad, didn't we, for him? And he did, too. He, you know, he credited – it was his birthday, too, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Are you terrible. serious? Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, and he talked about how great the atmosphere was. He was so excited to be there, and then he goes down. But in that moment, though, I mean, yeah, you're disappointed, but they had they knew immediately he was going to be out for the rest of the season. So he, um, you know – has a great outlook on it even then he's just okay I'm gonna medical red shirt I'm gonna do what I gotta do to get back and so he immediately I mean he was lifting weights the whole time so he was getting bigger and stronger so 
Coach Bulwer talked about how when he returned to the field in the spring, he looked even better than what he did. I mean, he was just very, very impressive that spring coming off that leg injury. We were needing Rodney. I don't know if you remember the Orange Bowl. Uh, both Joe and Samaje were out of that game and uh, uh, in the second half, and we were needing another running back. So, I mean, uh, we knew at that time we had to really develop uh, Rodney once he got back on the field to get him ready to go for the 2016 season and uh, obviously uh, you know it didn't work out for us very well with him getting injured and in right at the right at the end of preseason camp. I, I just remember I was having a really good camp or at least I thought I was and uh, you know, I was getting some like decent playing time and uh, you know, doing good on all my assignments making my blocks and stuff like that and then uh, it was it was just so like nothing was lead, like there's really no lead up to that. It was kind of just a freak accident that happened. I remember I got the ball and I was just I was running. I hit the hole and I was about to try to bounce out, but then somebody clipped my leg, and so I kind of started to stumble forward. But I still was like on my feet, just my head was down, and I was kind of stumbling forward. And then I think I think it was a mod, one of the safeties, uh, came and was like trying to pull off because I mean I was already falling down. It was it was practice. And his knee, like, he kneed me in the side of the head and just kind of just whiplash. And if, I didn't even really think anything of it. I, it was more like kind of like I got my bell rung. And then uh, I got up, you know, it was, like, had like a hurry-up play called. So I got lined back up and ran the next play. But then it just, as, as like I was running and stuff, it just got more stiff and more stiff and it was kind of hard to turn my neck. And so I went out, I came out, pulled myself out and, went over to Scott and Jim, and they looked at me and you know, everything was fine, you know, or at least it looked fine. Uh, they pulled me out of the rest of practice, though, because it was, it was pretty much the end anyways. And then, uh, let's see, uh, and then I went and got an x-ray uh, here at the stadium, and nothing showed up on the x-ray, and so I just figured, you know, it's like a stinger or something. And then uh, I woke up the next morning, and it was just... It hurt so bad. It was stiff. Couldn't turn my neck hardly at all. Like I was kind of just rotating my shoulders to, to look places. Went and told Scott and Jim, and they set me up an MRI. And then uh, the MRI came back with a fracture in my C5 vertebrae, actually in two places. And uh, they told me I couldn't play. How scary is that to hear those words, you have a broken neck? I honestly wasn't too focused on... I wasn't too concerned with the fact that my neck was broke. I was just more upset that they told me I couldn't play in the season because you know, I already missed the, uh, the first season, my freshman year. And then when they told me I couldn't play the, the, for the second season, I was just, yeah, it was tough. What did you do, I mean, after you get that news? I mean, it's got to be devastating. What, how did you kind of handle that? Um... It was, I mean, they told me, and I was kind of in, like, a little waiting room by myself. And I was just kind of, the nurse had went to give me a neck brace. And I, I feel kind of bad because, you know, she came back in with a neck brace. She was just doing her job. And I, was, I wasn't even trying to see her. And I was mad. I was, I was upset. I just wanted to call my parents. And, you know, it was just, it was just tough. I didn't, I didn't really know what to feel or what to think. I was just mad and sad and just that I couldn't play in the next season. So what's the process like after that, um, after you, you get your neck brace and you walk out of that office that day? Uh, well, first it was just, 
I didn't want to wear, I didn't put the neck brace on. Like they, they convinced me to take it, but I, I wouldn't put it on. I didn't want, I think it was kind of a pride thing. I didn't want people to see me walk around in a neck brace. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to have the neck, I didn't want to have a broken neck. I didn't want to miss the next season. So it was just getting my neck brace, getting me to wear my neck brace was a pro- process in itself. It took me a couple of days. And then I finally started wearing the neck brace around and I was in that for three months. And it was the most boring, and I guess the most boring injury because if like, you know you break your neck, you can't do anything. Because you'd be surprised how like the little turns that you do and like the you know looking out the side of your eye, even turning your neck a little bit with the neck brace on. It's like whatever you want to look at, you have to like <laughs> rotate your whole body, or if you want to look down, you have to kind of like bend over. And it, it, I couldn't lift. I couldn't do anything but just sit and watch. So I mean, I go to every practice and I watch. I be at every meeting and I'd watch. And that was pretty much it. Well, you know what? He loves ball. And, uh, you know, he, we, we joked with him for a full year, you know, because he'd walk in our meeting and he had this, this brace that kind of made his head kind of sit up like that. And, I mean, he was in the meeting the whole time, you know. And sometimes he'd even fall asleep, you know, because you, you can't help it. It's inevitable. You know, I'm not talking to you. You know, you're not doing anything but sitting in a meeting. And, and every, every so often he'd kind of doze off a little bit. And I'd look at him like, Rod, and he'd pop up, you know, and, he, and he'd sit there like that, like, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, it, it, it looked really funny at times, but it wasn't funny. But, uh, you know, he, he, made it, he made it great because he had a great spirit. Um, you know, he's a Christian, which I like uh, a lot. Um, and uh, he just, it, 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 you know, that wasn't his battle. You can tell he had turned that battle over uh, to a higher power, and uh, it just really did not phase him very much at all. You know, now that was outwardly. I don't know what was going on internally and, uh, you, know, you know, what kind of conversations he may have had with his family in that regard, but, but in front of us, he, he, was, he was a soldier. So he talked about how well he handled the leg injury, and then he talked about how well he handled the neck injury. And, you know, you, you hear Rodney talk about it, and Coach Bulwer said from, from the outside, you, you think, oh, man, this kid is handling it really well. A lot of guys that are going through this injury – wouldn't have handled it the way Rodney did but internally I think Rodney kind of admitted there how tough it was he didn't want to wear the neck brace he didn't want to admit that he had a broken neck didn't want to you know uh kind of admit that he was going to be out another season so um but again so that for three months he couldn't do anything anything at all like so he was lifting while he had the leg injury but not doing anything. So very slowly they ease him back into it. Um, so he's he comes back onto the field in the spring, but it's very, very, they're very precautious about it. Um, then he starts working out, and then he doesn't even take full contact for almost a year. So he didn't take full contact till the fall camp that next year. So a full year he goes without any game action. Well, actually, it's at this point it's what been 721 days, yeah. almost two years that he hasn't played in a game and it's been a full year since he's even taken full contact. And it's funny, Toby and I talk about this a lot, but let's then look at the 2017 season. I get confused between 17 and 18. Let's look at the 17 season. Oklahoma's biggest game of the year, he's not the guy. He's not the guy on the field against Ohio State. And I can remember debating, man, is Rodney going to get an opportunity and Jess, he really didn't get that opportunity through the first part of the season. And he had to keep grinding away, though. Yeah, and I mean, and Coach Bowler, we'll hear him talk about it, but 
just it takes so long after you miss that much game action after an injury to get back into it. Yeah, you can go run and you can go work out, but you're not in game shape and that's with any type of sport you know you can feel like you're in the best shape of your life but it's not game shape you know right. so um i think for rodney and then not only that he was he had a mental block which he talks a lot about and so it was still even though he was healthy and he was back on the field it was still a process for him in those first few games and then aha the cotton bowl special things happen in there right chris blank 10 carries uh had a touchdown 53 yards. The touchdown was a, a spectacular run in which he somehow kept his balance and dove into the end zone. And again, if you, this is a kind of side story to the Rodney Anderson feature that you can see right now at Soonersports.tv. But Jess, that was almost as if it was that aha moment for someone, right? Yeah, he he talks about he just wanted to wait for his opportunity. And in my script in the feature, I say. You know, it was more than just an opportunity that that came to Rodney that day. It was a it was a clicking of of some sort that he kind of uh, realized that a, a weight needed to be lifted off his shoulders, and he started realizing that he wasn't the guy he needed to be. And that is when we started to see Rodney Anderson that we saw towards the end of the season really kind of come alive. I just, yeah, obviously I wanted to be out there and be the one getting all the touches, but you know, I know that it's a uh, team sport and it's I can't be selfish about that kind of thing and you know I just waited for my opportunity just kept working as hard as I could in practice I'd get with coach Boer see if there's anything that I could work on as far as you know perfecting my game in the film room um, and just just kept giving my all until I got my opportunity and obviously you had a huge breakout game at Kansas State what do you kind of remember about that game and kind of what started clicking for you there uh, I think I just started, is that actually in the Texas game, I think I started running more tough. And then I started kind of just feeling kind of like a weight lift off my shoulders. And just like, okay, like I'm fine, I'm going to be okay. Even though I wasn't, I didn't admit it early on. I was thinking in the Texas game, I kind of admitted to, to myself, like, you know, like I haven't been playing like I usually do. And so I kind of lifted off my shoulders. And in the Kansas State game, I was just trying to build on it. And... I was able to get in the end zone a couple of times, and it was good. So, obviously, Texas happened, and then I don't know. I'll have to do some digging, but I don't know if historically I've seen a guy that was not a part of the game plan through the first five games of the season explode down the stretch like he did, outside of maybe an injury to a quarterback, right? I still don't think someone who came in was able to do what he did. He had himself in the Heisman conversation in a lot of people's minds last year. So doing research with all of this, I kind of wondered where his numbers kind of stacked up against some of the guys that led the nation. And really in everything. In he's basically top 25 in every statistic, and that's basically doing it in six games. Six so, games. So, I mean, it, that's what's wild is like, you know, he's – he finished the season where a lot of guys would just kill to be for their entire season. He ends right. up leading the team in rushing. He's the co-offensive newcomer of the year, which is crazy because that was year three yeah. that he had been here in Norman. But, you know, just the way that he really just busted onto the scene. And and it's just – it's you, you look back and even him, like, you know, that's what he said is I didn't really want to admit it at the time. I wouldn't have admitted it if you would have asked me that question. But I think look, as you look back on it now, you realize, oh, 
you can tell that a weight was lifted off his shoulders and then it was just man we're we're downhill from here we're just on the run i mean literally and figuratively but both like i mean he just he took off as, as his coach i see a number of things you know i see flashes i see a little uncertainty in him and and you know just being out there and playing full time as i do with every player that's in their you know first time role of playing so um you know it, it obviously it it it's it stifled his growth a little bit but 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 he came along fine, you know. I mean, it, it, he, I'm sure he would like to have started at the beginning of the year and, and rushed for 2,000 yards instead of, you know, 1,000 and something in the last six games. But but I think it happened in the right time at the right moment for Rod. I think all the things that he went through, I think the struggle uh, that he had to work his way back into the starting lineup, I think that built a lot of character in the kid. Uh, and, and really made the end of the season so worthwhile for not only him and us, the fans as we see it, but also his family. I mean, if, if you could have saw, and I, and I just gazed at it, you know, just briefly, you know, just watched his mom, and I believe his grandmother was there at the K-State game. If you can just see the smiles on their face, faces when he scored that winning touchdown and looked over at them, they were in that part of the stands when, when it, it, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was so gratifying for me to actually sit there and say, you know what, that's a job well done because he really, really worked hard to get to that point. And, and uh, it, it, was just, it was just a lot of, um, I, I don't know if fulfillment is the right word. I mean, I was excited for him. I was, um, I was all kind of, it was all kind of feelings. I mean, it was just, it's really, it was really good for me and for him and, and for everybody that's involved to see him come out the way he did and have the success that he had. So it had been, what, almost two years since you had played in a game-like atmosphere. Did you find yourself in those first couple of games last season kind of maybe trying to get going a little bit? Is it when you, you miss that much game action, is it a process of kind of getting back going into it? Um, a, a little bit. I mean, at the time, if you would have, like, asked me that question, I'd have been like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I don't. I don't feel like I'm holding back. I don't feel like I'm playing different. But you know, looking back on it now and after listening to the coaches talk and my parents talk, you know, I, I feel like I kind of was holding back. You know, I wasn't there 100% like I used to be. And I don't think it was because I, I wanted to. I just think it was like a mental block that I wasn't really paying attention to myself. So uh, it, did, it did take me a couple of games to like finally get back to myself. So I think what's kind of amazing, all those numbers, top 25 and playing in only six games, and he expects more. He thinks he can be better and even surpass that, right? Well, Coach Bulwer certainly does. For Rodney, it's just whatever he can do to help the team. He doesn't care if that's, you know, nothing. And he <laughs> – I mean, he said, sure, I, I want to do better. I want to improve. But for him, it he is the – most, I mean, you wouldn't find a better example of the ultimate team guy than Rodney Anderson. And for Coach Bulware, you know, he he talks about how really, you know, he was starting to come on. Like, we still, he was continuing to grow and improve every week. So we probably still haven't even seen the best Rodney Anderson. And we're going to continue to see that growth here going into this season. Uh, I mean, of course, of course, I want to top myself. I mean, I want to keep improving. Uh just, but I, I know like we have a lot of weapons this year. So I mean, you know, whatever Coach Riley decides to do, I, I, I just want to win. So I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to you know beat all my uh, numbers from last year. You know, 
keep building on the things that I did. But as long as the team's doing good and as long as I'm able to help the team, I'm happy. So. Anytime one of my players has an injury or miss a substantial amount of time for whatever reason, um, I, I tell them, hey, wherever you are at the beginning of the season or wherever you are this spring, it's going to look a whole lot different a year from now. And, and so I did the same thing with, with Joe uh, when he missed, you know, the whole year. I'm like, hey, Joe, look, you know, the next year you're going to be a whole lot different, you know, because you set out a year. And, and the same was with Rodney. I mean, he set out for basically two years. And, and not only are you, you know, not competing and all this stuff, but you're not working out the way you used to be, you know, you used to. So it takes a while for your body to get back into the tip top condition. You know, you think you're in shape, you know, we can go out and run for a couple months and feel pretty good about ourselves, but that ain't tip top condition. You know what I mean? It's just so it, it takes about a year to really, really transform your body into tip top shape. And I think I think this year, uh, I think it showed a little bit toward the end of last year, and I think this year it's going to really be something special for him uh, as he goes out because I think he's going to be a lot better player. You know, he's just going to continue to get better and better as the year goes on. You know, I, I had a chance to talk to Rodney as part of the press conference on Monday, and I asked him what was the area that he wanted to improve on the most this offseason, and he said his leadership. And it's not easy. I think because he's not the most outgoing guy, but he's being called upon. And that's not to, we don't know in the locker room, but I just mean in general. And he's being called upon to do that a lot. He Baker's not here. Orlando Brown's not here. Uh, Mark Andrews isn't here. These are Oboe. These are guys that would answer all the questions. And now he's started to see that role increase last year. But, Jesse's he's being called upon a lot more to be a leader. And maybe maybe I should clarify, not just in the public, but too in that locker room as well. Yeah, and that, that's been something that you've heard this coaching staff talk about being a concern from really the spring was we've got to develop some leaders. And I think no question from the start, they knew that Rodney Anderson could be one of those guys because he's already – led by example but then you know I think for a lot of guys you see somebody go through what they go through what Rodney has been through and to see him kind of come out on the other end of it in the positive way that he has you, you can't help but want to follow a guy like that so he's not necessarily like a raw raw guy you know he he fully admits I'm not a Baker Mayfield <laughs> you know they're really there are Baker Mayfields are not the norm right so but he's doing his part to do whatever he can, and for him, it's it's again going back to he's the team guy, but he because of the way he's the one of the hardest workers on the team, he's battled through everything that he's been through. He was supportive of everybody that he's been through, and so for that, guys want to follow him. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, I used to hear coaches talk about man, I'd let that kid date my daughter. That's the type of kid Rodney really and truly is in all aspects. You know, he's 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 all about his faith. First and foremost, uh, family. Second of all, and, and football is a distant third, and that's the way it should be. So I, I think you know, the, just his overall approach is so refreshing. You know, it's, it's, it's it, it kind of you know he's our leader in our room. You know, because of how he got there, it built it, it built it builded him up to being the person he is today. It built character in him uh, that that you know that you hope happens to your kid you know as you know he goes through some struggles and he comes out you know on a positive side of it because of it and that's what Rodney did and I think that's a direct tribute to how he was raised first and foremost and then the type of kid he is 
So I, I just really think that, you know, going forward, it, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, he set the standard in our room that's going to have to be, you're going to have to get up to that level. We're not going to bring that level back down uh, from this point going forward. And I really, I really, really appreciate him for doing that. Um, he's, he's, he's brought everybody along with him on this journey, especially the guys that are in the room now. They're all looking to him as the leader and, and, and whatever he does. I mean, everybody's trying to compete to keep up with him. So that's what you ask for as a coach. You want everybody in your room to try to chase the guy that's doing the best. That's good. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And beyond just kind of your duties as a running back, Coach Riley talked about you kind of needing to step up as a leader. How are you kind of approaching that, knowing that so many leaders kind of left last season and now you kind of need to be one of those guys? Well, I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of hard to to replicate the leaders that we've had. I mean, like, it's hard to, it's hard to be a Baker because, I mean, there's only one Baker. So, uh, you know, I just approach it, you know, my, my way. And I feel like, you know, I just put my head down and work hard. You know, I don't have to say a lot, lead by example. But at the same time, I mean, if I need to say something, I will. But, uh, you know, I just, it's a new team. You know, like, I guess the new era is like what everybody's calling it. So, you know, I feel like it's, it's going to work. Again, I, I encourage everyone, it's going to be well worth your time. Soonersports.tv, uh, the feature of Rodney Anderson just dropped. We'll always provide you with some other stories that didn't make it. Hardest thing to leave out of this feature, Jess? What was the hardest thing to leave out with the time that you had allotted? The the neck brace story. Oh, because you can hear it, but you you're, you heard it today on the podcast. Right. But if you see them talking about it, it's even funnier. Because the video needs to be there. They're full on doing the motions of like, full body rotating and not being able to look out of your neck. And it's so funny, both him and Coach Bull were kind of talking about it. But there's no video of Rodney in a neck brace, (laughs) number one. Number two, he is like, I'm not putting that thing back on. (laughs) So I had to leave the neck brace story for the podcast. But it is hilarious. I mean, you just go back and listen to it if you have to. And just picture Coach Bulwer and Rodney just doing this full body turn as they're talking about Rodney wearing the neck brace. He was the best player on the field in the Rose Bowl. I mean, I I found myself watching that game yesterday. But yet he will not take any credit for it ever. It's all the offensive line. It was his fullbacks. It It was nothing Rodney did ever. This is fun. Yeah. I can't wait to do this even more in depth as you have more features. You want to Give any teasers for what's coming up? Yeah, so we'll uh, have oh, some wow. fun stuff with Marquise Brown coming up next week. Do you um, do you race him? I don't. Okay, I w- okay. I'm never going to do that. Um, I think you, hearing Coach Wiley talk about Marquise Brown, I think people are going to be even more in awe of kind of his story and his background and how far he's come. He's put on a lot of weight here in the offseason. We've got some other um, fun features already in the works, so, yeah, this should be fun. You're going to hear some stuff here that you're not going to hear anywhere else. And you can always subscribe at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And until next Thursday, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.